Hey, Scott Walker here in another edition of Freedom Fighters. Thanks so much for joining us. You know, arrests at America's southern borders are surging, and the crisis is the worst it's been, well, literally in decades. That's right. This week, we just learned that according to data uh, released at the beginning of the week from the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, border agents made more than 200,000 arrests along the southern border in March. Put that in perspective, that's the busiest month in the past, well, about 20 years. The United States has made more than 1 million arrests at the southern border since October. So since the start of the federal fiscal year, October of 2021, more than 1 million arrests. And that, too, is the fastest pace of illegal border crossings in at least two decades. Now, things are only likely to get worse. Many of you probably following along know this, that next month in May, the Biden administration is prepared to lift Title 42. In fact, they'll do it at the end of the month on May 23rd. And that policy, of course, if you're not familiar, was actually implemented uh, during Donald Trump's administration when President Trump was in office. Uh, and it was put in place specifically during the COVID pandemic. And it allows border agents to quickly turn away people who are arrested trying to enter the United States illegally. Part of that was done why it tied into uh, to the pandemic was because, of course, we didn't know what people's uh, status was in terms of whether they were COVID positive or not. It made a lot of sense. Uh, and when you think of that, of the over one million crossings this past year, roughly about half resulted in the person being expelled under Title 42. Now, Biden administration's officials, or officials, I should say, in the Biden administration acknowledge that revoking the policy will likely lead to, well, a massive rise in illegal crossings. Yet, they show no signs of pulling back on their plans to lift Title 42 by May 23rd. Ironically, in the same past week, we saw that it took a federal judge, my hero, a federal judge to force the Biden administration to stop requiring passengers, many of which are American citizens, passengers on domestic flights to wear a mask. Yet the same people want to open the floodgates to illegal aliens coming into our country without regard to their health status. We've already seen the consequences of failing to effectively deal with the border crisis. Last fall, the end of November, a report came out that showed that drug overdoses surpassed 100,000. That's right, more than 100,000 drug overdose, overdoses last year. That was a shocking number. Nearly two-thirds of the drug overdoses in the past fiscal year came from synthetic opioids, which is primarily opiate, or excuse me, primarily fentanyl. Now, I know as governor, even we were talking about that years ago, fentanyl, but we didn't see these kind of numbers, over 100,000 drug overdoses. Now, certainly people would be right to say part of that's because of the last two years with the lockdowns, uh, increasing levels of depression, isolation, all those sorts of challenges. But, but a big part of it ties into fentanyl coming into our country. The crisis in our southern border has allowed fentanyl and other deadly drugs to flow into the United States give you an example. Fentanyl seizures were up more than 1,000% at eight different Texas border ports just this last year alone. So just the seizure of fentanyl was up by more than 1,000% along eight of the key border spots 
uh, along the state of Texas. I think in Texas, I still remember being back in 2015. I was there with Governor Greg Abbott. We actually went up on a helicopter and went along the Rio Grande, uh, Rio Grande River and, and looked at the border. Probably more important than that, because as you point out at the time, they've got lookouts on the Mexican side of the border. And during the day, there's not a lot of activity. They, they follow probably more closely than our own border agents do what's going on. What was the more troubling uh, part of my tour there was going into Texas public safety and seeing the information they collected, much of which was from night vision. It was almost like, you know, the cameras that many of us use to watch tracking of deer and other wild animals in northern Wisconsin or anywhere for that matter. Uh, but they used that same sort of night vision cameras. And you could see uh, the, the people coming across. And you could see this is, you know, this is part of a, a process. Of, oh, these are people coming to work. No, this is overwhelmingly uh, people involved in drug, firearm, and even human trafficking coming across the border. At that time, as it is again today, that was back under the Obama administration, Back in 2015, we see it again now under the even greater failures under the Biden administration to stop people from coming over. And when you think of the drugs, fentanyl and others, you think of the firearms, illegal guns coming to cities all across the country, human trafficking, obviously a horrific uh, problem, but oftentimes they're tied together. People collect the money to try and come to the United States, and what they typically do is t- tell them that they'll. Uh, most of these coyotes run uh, through the drug cartel, that they have to take drugs with them. Then they have to go to certain cities and sell the drugs, even though they paid the trade office to say, well, if you've got family there, we'll do things to your family. So the next thing you know, they're they're forced into working in drugs and and trafficking illegal firearms, or in many cases, sadly, young women in particular involved in human trafficking. All these things are part of things that we see on the southern border. But the crisis uh, has gotten much, much worse even than when I was there in 2015, or uh, since I've talked to people like Governor Abbott, Governor Ducey, others along the border, you might say, well, okay, this only affects the border states. Well, I live in Wisconsin. Actually, I had once had someone tell me, well, you know what it's like to be a border state. I'm like, yeah, those youpers are just out of control. (laughs) Our border to the north is not Canada. It's actually the upper peninsula in Michigan and a portion of of, uh, Lake Superior. But beyond that, beyond the north end of Lake Superior, if you were in Minnesota, you'd actually touch Canada. Uh, That's a different kind of border issue there. We're talking about is just not bordering another sovereign nation, but, but the crisis that's occurring there. And the reality is it's not a border state issue. When you think of the drugs going out, when you think of fentanyl spreading in particular, when you think about these 100,000 overdose deaths, these are people not just in Texas or New Mexico or California or Arizona. These, these are affecting people all across the nation. They could very well be affecting your children or your grandchildren or your nieces, your nephews or family and friends or others along the way. A good example of that is according to data in my state, the Wisconsin Department of Health Services last year, there was a 34% increase in opioid deaths. 34% increase in opioid deaths. And you can see similar trends all across the nation. I remember when I, I visited New Hampshire, it was a crisis level proportion there. We see it in states all across the country, many of which are far, far removed from our southern border. Americans are seeing a surge of illegal drugs and firearms flow into communities all across the country. 
with federal officials set to lift the Title 42 provisions in less than a month, I think the crisis could very well hit epic levels. So besides blocking the repeal of 42, Title 42, what else can be done to stop this crisis? Well, first, one of the obvious things is we could actually finish building the wall, finish building the wall along our southern border. Many of the materials that were uh, in the process of being used because of the efforts of President Donald Trump, many of those materials are still there. They're still there from when the board, the, the Biden administration abruptly th shut things down at the beginning of 2021. Plus, you've got officials uh, in Texas, not only Governor Abbott, uh, but others involved in the state government there have taken significant action to put up their own major portions of the barriers along the border. What they needed to do to secure the border and finish the job is really what needs to happen there. Trump got it going. People in Texas are trying to take action on their own, but the federal government needs to finish the job. Second, make the remain in Mexico policy permanent. Now, remember, these protocols require immigrants seeking asylum to stay in Mexico while they're waiting for their immigration judges to consider their application. This worked quite effectively. In fact, uh, it worked under Trump. Biden sought to stop it. Federal court came in and said, you can't do that. They need to make that policy permanent. The program helped with the border crisis after it was implemented in 2019. Again, we need to make it permanent, uh, not only because of the actions it, it takes or, or the, the, what it does to stop things in practical terms, but it also needs to send a clear message so it stops the flow of people coming in, not just from Mexico, but through Mexico from other places in Central America and beyond. Next, immediately deport all illegal aliens and uh, illegal alien criminals, I should say, and gang members. We need fewer criminals in America, not more. Plus, we need to prosecute criminals who organize illegal drug, firearm, and human trafficking. So crack down. Make there actually be aggressive uh, implications for people uh, involved in criminal activity, in addition to not just coming in illegally, but those who are, who are committing crimes here in the United States. We should get them out. If they don't have legal status, get them out. And for those who are organizing the trafficking of humans, of firearms, of illegal drugs, get them out, deport them as quickly as possible. To that end, we also need a nationwide ban on sanctuary cities. You know, federal laws that protect the safety of our citizens must be uniformly enforced by all levels of government, federal, state, and local. You don't get to pick and choose. When it comes to employers, we'll require them to use E-Verify to ensure that the employees that are working for them are actually authorized to work in the United States. And, and the system shouldn't fall, the cost of that system shouldn't fall on the particularly small businesses. That should be funded through the federal government. But it's another way to ensure that people are not just living, but working in the United States legally. Which gets to my other point. Let's actually implement a legal immigration system that's, that actually works, that's effective and efficient, that ensures that people coming into the country are capable of working, and that they've arranged for employment as well as housing. Remember, we did this. I remember visiting Ellis Island years ago with my kids, and we went to the Statue of Liberty, and we stopped over there. We, Some of our family, particularly on Tonette's side, who'd come from Sicily, had made their way through Ellis Island. We went to look at that. But I was struck by the fact, as we did our studies and preparation for telling the kids about this, about how the government at the time 
made sure people had a reasonable amount of money, that they actually had employment lined up. In many cases in the past, it was getting a sponsor. Oftentimes, it was a family member came over, started working, and then went back and got the rest of their family. Just as we did at Ellis Island, the government must ensure that people legally entering America will not become dependent on the government. As they used to say at Ellis Island, they must not become uh, wards of the state. In America, we want makers, not takers. You know, give us your tired and your poor. We'll help you out. But we want people who want to work. We want people to live their piece of the American dream. One of the things we often forget about in the American political discussion here is that our country continues to be a beacon for those seeking freedom and opportunity. <coughs> Excuse me. Each year, more than a million people legally, more than a million people legally come from all across the world to legally migrate to immigrate here, to come into the United States. We have four times more foreign-born citizens than any other nation in the world. We welcome those who want to come here legally, who want to come here and work hard and seek their peace in the American dream. As I mentioned before, we must secure our southern border. Opening up the floodgates next month with the repeal of Title 42 is not the answer. Instead, implementing the reforms I just spelled out will work to correct this national security and public safety issue. We must act now before it's too late. I'm Scott Walker. Thanks for listening today on our episode of Freedom Fighters. Until next time, keep fighting for freedom.